0: Joining us next on the pot of gold is a very special guest joining Mike and I. Uh, excuse me a little bit. This is a lengthy introduction. He was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, NFL Comeback Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year, two time All Pro, second team All Pro, six time Pro Bowler. He won the Super Bowl 40 in his hometown of Detroit. Former Notre Dame running back Jerome Bettis. Jerome, thank you so much for joining (laughs) Pot of
1: Gold. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, guys.
0: Awesome. How do you like that intro? I
1: mean, uh, yeah, it was a little lengthy. (laughs) Left but out, no, it was things. yeah. It, it, I, you know what? I'm I'm so blessed uh, the career that I've had. Considering you know leaving Notre Dame, I was a fullback. I mean, I, I never even thought about playing tailback. So to hear all of those things, it's just um, it. I, it still amazes me because it, it should not probably never happened.
2: Jerome, uh, obviously, you're back in town. You're back in school. You're going to be graduating soon as a as a mm-hmm. soon
1: to be. College graduate, how excited are you about that day? I am. I am so excited um, because it, you know, obviously, it's a culmination of years and years of of wanting to get it done, and and you know, having started something and and being able to now complete that task is 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 a big uh, point of emphasis for me. And you know, having children now, I understand how important that that is. That you know, I, I set out something, I finish it, but also. Um, to be a uh, a college graduate, you know, I, I want my children to understand how important that is, and I think they do understand the significance now that I've decided to come back after all these years when I didn't really have to, uh, to come back and, and actually finish the and complete the degree. So I think it's uh, it means a lot, and and you know, my mom, I I promised her years ago, sitting in coach coach's uh, coach Holt's office, that I would come back and and graduate. So I, I owe that to her as well.
0: So when you, when, when you talk about coming back 30 years later, what has been
1: the biggest struggle for you? Uh, becoming a student once again? Well, it, two things. One is the technology. I mean, you know, everybody in my class, they're on computers and I am literally writing down information <laughs> <laughs> because I, I can't type and all that. And so that the technology gap is, is huge. Um, and then the other part is the the study habits you know uh, it's just so hard to sit down and open up the book and study as opposed to oh, let me see what's on on television because i mean my former life that's what i you know you're home you you know once you make sure the kids are good and you got you got some downtime you just turn on TV you just kind of amuse yourself well that just doesn't work in a college setting, in terms of you've got responsibilities, you got readings, you got all these classwork to do. Uh, you just have to be a little bit more deliberate with with your time, and that I struggle in that department.
2: College students notorious for not getting enough rest. How, what, you, what are your sleep
1: patterns? <laughs> like these days? And I get it, I get it, because you find so many other things to do, and you say, "Oh man, I got to read," I got. 15 pages to read right and so you gotta read you know so you find yourself up to two three in the morning like man what was i thinking i had all afternoon and i didn't take advantage of it so um that that is definitely me in a nutshell
2: so you came here to complete your your business degree right? Mm -hmm. and you are already an entrepreneur successful Uh multiple businesses what's something maybe in your discussions with the professors or some of these other brainiacs on campus that you already find yourself bringing into your business your CEO world.
1: Well, for me it's it's a couple of things like, you know, I have a a, a foresight class that it, it teaches us to kind of look and project 5, 10, 15 years out um, in a particular industry, looking at different trends, looking at how governmental issues, how environmental issues, societal issues, how all these things come into play in the in the business. So, it just uh, it's just, you know, Made me think broader uh, from a um, a business perspective, which is I- incredible. You know, to be able to open my eyes and not just see down the road uh, a mile, but you know, a couple miles away and in a different city, in a different state, and and to look at it from a, a thirty thousand foot perspective as opposed to just when I'm in it.
0: Jerome, you're in a you're you're obviously. With the new generation of of uh, the working class that's coming up, mm-hmm. with all these kids, nineteen, twenty year olds, do you kind of pick their brains a little bit and maybe try and and see what this new generation kind of has to offer and and kind of what their vision is for for the future in a sense?
1: Well, not necessarily picking their brains as much as 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 being engrossed in the, in the process with them, you know, listening to how they. Uh, think. Uh, I have a business ethics class, right? And so you get different perspectives on how they view ethics, how they view these different circumstances, different situations. So you just learn more just by being in the environment with them and seeing how they do things, what they say, and, and how they look at Certain issues, so it's been um, very enlightening, to say the least. Was it hard for the bus to come in
0: day one and not be recognized?
1: It, it I, I was trying to, but uh, <laughs> my my professors didn't allow that to happen. That was the, um, that was the hard part. They, um, they were very, uh, uh, the professors, you know. So funny! I, I was just trying to kind of keep my head down and tucked away, and and the first day of class, hey, uh, tell me about you know, tell me your name, tell me you know your um, your class, and 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 tell me something about yourself, and it's like, oh man, yeah, what what did, so so what did you say for that? What did you say for something about yourself? So I was uh, the first, the first. <laughs> I think one of the first times I said, you know, I'm uh, you know, Jerome Bettis from Detroit. I'm a senior. And then I think I said something about I'm returning back after 27 years or something um, and uh, returning to get my degree, you know, and then it's kind of like a, you could hear a a pin drop. It was like, huh? And so, uh, and then I, 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 then I said, you know, I retired, had NFL career, retired and coming back to finish my degree. And so then it was like, okay. um, and, And then The next class had to do it. The next class, I was just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I was just trying to sit in the front, just kind of get out of the way in the corner and just kind of take care of business. But uh, none of the professors allowed me to do that.
2: There was a movie, I think, probably when you were in high school. With Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. You ever, I remember seeing
1: it. I do. I right. remember that. Yeah. <laughs> was, it was not that wild, and I was not that obnoxious. Sure, no, okay. no, not even, you not even, even have close. Way more fun. you yeah. just the work. Yeah, know? exactly. I had to do the work. I mean, I had some tough classes. That um, I wasn't getting a break. Uh, He uh, was—he had a whole system going. He—he was throwing money around, and Mm -hmm. he was having a ball. Not quite the same scenario. So (laughs) did you do more cake stands your first time around or this time around? (laughs) Definitely (laughs) the first time around. This time around, it was just kind of like you know what—I'm going to stay away.
2: There was another, you know, a couple of things uh, life-altering. developments here for you well for one you turned 50 recently so happy yeah birthday. yeah thank got you got to celebrate that with the Notre Dame uh, that's pretty cool and, and of course that changes the way we, we go I'm, a, I'm north of 50 yeah yeah it's like how, how did that change it? you already had made the decision to come back and finish your degree but as you're building your businesses and you're looking at the second half of your life how what did what impact did that have turning 50 while you're here maybe
1: well it 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 made me you know obviously you look at your mortality and you look at Hey, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm on the back nine of, uh, of my life. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm making a turn and, and now that now it's time for me to, you know, look at, um, life in a different way. And so it just, just made me look at everything, uh, put in perspective and appreciate, um, the moment more. And so I got a chance to really appreciate this time around, uh, you know, going to uh, bingo bouts, going to basketball games, you know, men's and women's. And, and so just doing a lot of the things that uh, the first time around I didn't get a chance to do. So that that was, that's what made it fun. And
2: then uh, more recently, just about 11 days ago, you lost one of your great mentors, your, yeah. your high school coach of the Hall of Famer, Robert Bob Dozier. And. Um, what impact has that already had in terms on obviously there's no way to say enough yeah. about what that man meant to you, but did he you know, in some ways literally save your life when you were in high school from he, back he, at some of the old comments?
1: Yeah, yeah. He was um he was very instrumental in everything that uh happened uh in my high school days. Obviously, you know, I was, you know, all over the place, going off the wrong path and and but was a really good athlete and he recognized that. Uh, and I remember him coming to the house and talking to my parents and say, hey, if you trust me and give me a chance to to work with him, he can be special. And, and that's what was kind of like that aha moment where it's like, okay, um, if you say so. I, I, you know, I hadn't thought about that much. You know, my goal was to get to college, and he saw more than that. Uh, and so uh, convinced me to play running back as opposed to linebacker. That was a a big point because I was I was you know a true linebacker mentality wise I was aggressive I just wanted to try to you know wreck shop and 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 hit people and dominate and so he just convinced me that I was going to be a I would I would project a better as a better running back because I wasn't tall I was only five ten and a half at that point and he knew that my dad was was only five ten and a half so he knew I wasn't going to be much taller. Than that, and so he said, "Hey, you're going to be a prototypical fullback, but you'll be an undersized linebacker." And those things kind of rang true. And as I started and going to my recruiting uh, trips and and that process, I, I kind of let the, let all the teams know that I wanted to to play uh, fullback as opposed to linebacker. And I, I think I was a better linebacker actually in college than the, than a fullback, but. Uh, Coach Holtz and, and Notre Dame, they they saw uh the potential at, at fullback and said, Hey, we will only play you at fullback. We think you can be uh special and and the rest is history.
2: Coach Coach Dozier, I have seen her, you said he had he had like five more, or six daughters, so they would kind of
1: report back to him what was going on. But well not daughters, but 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 he had five or six girls that, that uh, in in the school that, that kinda um so they would yeah, report back yeah, to what was yeah. going
2: on. Is that how he would have known that you and your brother were really... In some cases, taking your lives into your
1: own yeah experience. yeah 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 he was he was aware of of those things and 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 the the neighborhood stuff and he was you know obviously when your when your coach has his ears to the ground he knows quite a bit so he was able to to to, to 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 disseminate the information from from all the different channels that he got and and not just myself I mean it was a, a lot of kids that he was able to really um, you know. Put his arms around and, and guide in, in the right direction. So not just myself, it's a lot of guys that, that that have Coach Dozier to thank um for what he was able to do for for all of us. So I mean he was that, that special of a person. He was a
0: bona fide legend.
1: That's right. Yes he was. What what made you choose to go to Notre Dame? Well, for me, uh coming to Notre Dame was about um well, what I looked at initially, from because education was, was always important to me, it was, okay, once I have determined the schools that, from an educational standpoint, I can, I will, I can go to, then I'll look at the football side. So the, the one school I wanted to go to more than any other school was Oklahoma. Um, because Oklahoma, they ran, the, they had that wishbone and the fullback, and they had a guy. When I was coming up, I was why that I watched his name was Kenyon Rashid. He was a fullback, and he was just like just pounding. And so I was like watching this guy, saying, "Okay, I I can I can do that, right?" And my dad, uh, guy his So he said, "Son, you know, Oklahoma's out because there was one kid that was from Detroit that just went on went went to went to jail." Um, um, at Oklahoma and they went on probation and all this and he said no no way I'm sending you to Oklahoma right so I was like ah. I was crushed so then I had to try to figure out where Where am I going um, after that and so um, that's when I started to open it up and look at the different opportunities it came down to the three schools that I visited I visited Notre Dame I visited Michigan and I went out and visited USC. Those were the three visits I took all great from an educational standpoint. So it, it, then it came down to on the field and of those three teams, the Notre Dame's uh, system best fit me individually as a fullback because it gave me the ability to run the ball, catch the ball and block, which the other schools didn't quite allow uh, the fullback that much freedom, so it was a it was a no brainer once I started to look at the position that I was going to play.
0: What did it mean to play for Luke Holtz?
1: Oh, he was he was he was incredible. He is he has been a rock um, in terms of of my career and how I was able to transition from college to the NFL. He kind of taught me the work ethic and what i needed to be uh to be great um uh, every day not just in football and so coach coach was great because he taught he taught life lessons not necessarily football lessons um he taught it in a in a football um uh backdrop he used football as the backdrop right but but those messages were life lessons that he was that he was teaching, and you know if you if you received it, uh, then you were better for it. And and so he was he was spectacular in how he motivated us and how he kept us going. I mean, everybody has stories about you know their interaction with Coach Oates. Everybody's interaction was different, uh, but that's what made him so special. The snowball. I have to ask
0: you about that against Penn State. When you guys get down to fourth down and and yeah, what what's what's going through your mind when night? it's fourth down? <laughs> you guys are facing basically do or die. Yeah, with, and it, they call your number.
1: It, yeah, it was like okay, we got to make it happen. And and, and and you get in that moment, and you don't worry about you don't worry about catching the ball, doing this. You just know that hey, this is the play, It's gonna it's gonna work, right? It's like yeah, that's it. I'm gonna sneak out and I, I'll be ready, right? And and so it's just one of those. Rick called it. And, you know, we look at each other, got it. Okay. And, you know, you know, I got to be there for him. And so they call the play and, and I sneak out, boom, get up. And he, he gets it to me and, and, you know, I catch it. And, and that was a, that was a special moment because, because obviously, um, you know, the, the coaches trust that you can, you're going to come through, they're going to call your number, you're going to make the play. Right. And, a lot of times, you know, you call plays and, and and things happen. He like, you know, he busted for a big a big run, right? But you maybe call the play not expecting to get a touchdown, but you call the play, think you're gonna get a big play. It becomes a touchdown. Well, here we were, fourth down. We gotta have a touchdown, right, to have a chance to even tie the game or or win the game. So it's like fourth down. This is it. Last call, and you and and when coach makes that call it's the confidence that is in uh he instills in you is that hey i believe this is the play right because down in there you don't have a really a plan b you know that's the play so to to have him call it and for me to be the guy that He's counting on it. Meant a lot because uh, you know, it just meant that he believed in me. Craziest part is the two point conversion. What? Well, the crazy part is that he actually went for two. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Decided to go exactly. for two because we're at home and you know we, go, we can we can get the tie and 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 it's not gonna you know hurt us because both teams were really good. You know, Penn State was but a really good team. You're split out at receiver. Yeah. So how does that has that? How
0: many times in your career? Have you been split out A, a couple times, actually, right? <laughs> if you if
1: you could believe it or not. But you know, he was trying to throw, throw the defense off, and it's like, okay. Um, <laughs> and then Brooks hadn't made like he'd only
0: caught like two or three passes in his career.
1: Yeah, everybody. And he makes that everybody's like, he's got hands of stones, right? <laughs> it's like you're not throwing it to him, are you? <laughs> no. And it's one of those you see it, you're like, No, yeah. <laughs> so it was uh it was that was one of a, a magical moment and Reggie that's I mean that's you know obviously the. I would think one of the biggest plays that he ever made here at Notre Dame I can th- I can think about some runs against USC that he made was which was spectacular but that was um that was a special moment
2: which, uh, who did the best Lou Holtz imitation on those teams oh
1: man years? that's a good question ooh Hmm. Well, actually, nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody, nobody. Yeah, nobody even <laughs> because we thought he could, we knew well we didn't think we knew he could hear through walls. <laughs> so <laughs> we were so nobody even thought about imitating uh, him. And um, what do you so have today,
2: thirty years later, what do you uh, what, give us
1: your best? Um, not not he he probably won't hear this. See, he so said I am going to get a phone call, right? So you you're, you're gonna get, get you guys, yeah, you're going to get me in trouble because he will hear it. I mean, I'm just telling you, he's he's incredible. And and you get a phone call and and it's, it feels like 30 years ago. When you get the phone call, he called me not too long ago and congratulated me for coming back to school. And I was as nervous as ever. <laughs> and I'm seeing coach You Know 50 times is it every time? Is Jerome, hey coach, you know the voice, right? It's like, uh, I just want to, you know, congratulate you. Like, thanks, coach, I appreciate it, right? It's like you're on pins and needles, man. I mean, but but that's the respect that that he he commands, um, and every player, um, I think really appreciates. Him and what he's 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 done for all of us. So, uh, but I tell you this: he is still he still strikes fear in, in all of uh, all of the former players. We we still love him.
2: Nobody used a, a lisp uh, more effectively.
1: To Nobody gain
2: power. That's right. In a career. He,
1: he That's right. Into, 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 into he and did. And he turned into a positive.
0: Jerome, you obviously you got off to a quick start in the NFL. Um, what just kind of what what made it click? I mean, you had obviously a strong career at Notre Dame, but you get to the NFL, you're with the Rams. How were you able to get it, get it really going so quickly, especially as a rookie?
1: Well, I, I was fortunate enough to go to a, a a coach who wanted to run the football, and he believed in big running backs. He had big running backs before, so ground it, chuck, it, right? Ground chuck. So <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like. Out of the ordinary for him And what he wanted to do That was what he wanted to do That was his game plan So for me to come in and fit right in um, I was able to kind of Go now I had a a huge learning curve Because other than You know the few times I played tailback at Notre Dame um, I remember One game coach we, we, We had a couple Guys get hurt Um and coach decided to move me to tailback instead of letting some of the freshmen running backs play. He, he hated giving the ball to freshmen. <laughs> so he said, Jerome, you're going to play tailback this game. And I'm like, coach, I've never played tailback ever. He's like, no, you can do it. No problem. You just got to learn the plays. It's like, oh, okay, just learn the plays. right?" <laughs> and, and that week, I I became a tailback, and so in that game, you know, I had a, we played, I think it was Air Force at home, I think it was Air Force at home, and I think I had like 130 40 yards, and then after that, he saw I could play it, so at the end of every game going forward, I I would kind of finish off the game, and so that gave me the confidence to believe I can do it, but I still didn't have the raw skill set that most tailbacks have, you know, spin move, stiff arm, those kind of things. I didn't have any of that. So when I got to the NFL, it was just like a learning curve. I had to kind of figure some of that stuff out. Um, All while I had a fullbacks mentality. So if I I saw the linebacker, I would rather hit the linebacker than try to outrun the linebacker, right? Because I'm thinking as a fullback, pound, pound, pound. Um, So I had to change my whole mentality in terms of get the most yards for the team, not – not try to punish the guy as much as you can, you know. So it it was a whole different mindset. So I had to learn that. That was probably bigger than anything else physically. It was learning how to make people miss and learn how to, you know, uh, spin off of somebody or bounce off of somebody and keep your balance and, and all those things that tailbacks learn as kids coming up. Those are things that I had to learn kind of on the field.
0: Rich Brooks comes in, and you guys kind of don't see eye to eye on, on your future with the Rams, and you decide to uh, uh, you get traded. Mm-hmm. by Pittsburgh?
1: Well, it, it, it came down. Um, the Rams gave me the ability to, to go seek a trade, mm-hmm. and it came down to two teams who were really interested, and it was the at the time the Houston Oilers and it was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams were really interested. Um, and then it just really came down to the Steelers had just lost in the Super Bowl um, and so they were you know Super Bowl caliber team uh, and they also had a history of big running backs um, so I just thought I just knew that that was the perfect place for me now now although Houston had his history of running backs I just thought Pittsburgh because they just came off of of a um championship run and they lost in the Super Bowl, that they were the better football team in terms of giving me the opportunity. And I and I, I think I was right um because of the career how it how it turned out. But I will say I think it would have been fairly similar because the player that the Houston Oilers took uh, was Eddie George in the draft that year. So it was either gonna be me or Eddie going to either one of those teams. So I think I like to think it would have it would have been it would have been successful though because Eddie had an incredible career in Tennessee.
0: so two thousand and five, Big Ben's a rookie. You guys are fifteen and one. Um, you guys go fifteen and one. You would consider retiring. And uh, after everything that happens, you guys get bounced out in the playoffs and everything. Yeah. Now there was, there was said that that Big Ben and, and other guys came to you and said, "Give us one more year, to come back and we'll get you to a Super Bowl." Especially with it being in Detroit the next year and everything. Just what was that like to see your teammates want to want to propel you to and get you to that final to that final stepping stone that you were missing in your career, which is a Super Bowl ring? Yeah, it was
1: incredible. Uh, it was Ben only. He was he came to me. We we're on the sideline, and I'm 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 on my knee. Uh, look at the game and like, tears coming down my eyes and, and Ben said hey you know just give me one more year. I promise I'll get you to the Super Bowl And you know you hear he's a rookie You're like okay whatever uh, And so you just think it's in the moment And so um, Some some reflection and, and, and some time Went on and uh, I went to the Pro Bowl In Hawaii that year Because one of the, I'm trying to think. I was the an alternate, and and um, one of the running backs uh, broke his ribs in the in the Super Bowl, uh, and so at that point, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll go. Well, come to find out, the Steelers, since we lost in the AFC Championship game, the coaches were there, and we had eight or nine players there, and those players, bought players, so we had twenty some players, the owners, the coaches, everybody, and and there they convinced me to come back for another year, and so. You know, it, it made sense. It came back. And and then at the end of, of each game in the playoffs that, that next year, Ben gave me the game ball every time. I promise you I'll get you there. I promise. And so after we won the Super Bowl, he gave me the game ball. And he said, I promise you I'll get you a championship, man. And it was a, it was a promise well delivered.
0: But it almost didn't happen.
1: Almost because indie, almost I didn't. I need, to, yeah. I need to ask you yeah. about that. And I've yeah. always wanted to ask yeah. you
0: about that play in India where you guys are getting ready to punch it in. Win the game. You guys are going, moving on. a mm-hmm. uh, Gary Brackett just has a, a good hit on you. Uh, the ball pops out. And then, obviously, Big Ben's able to make the big tackle. But what, what was going through your mind during that whole sequence of you fumble the football and everything and everything leading up to Vanderjack missing that field goal?
1: So, clearly, you, you, you remember it. Very, oh, very yeah. vividly. Oh, yeah. uh, it sounds to me like you were an Indianapolis Colts fan. <laughs> no, no, um, no, 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 I know we're in Indiana. I know we're in a, Indiana. I'm from San Diego. I, I'm just joking. Uh, no, I'm just no, no, no. joking. I'm a, I'm just I, I've joking. always been a huge bust I'm joking. Man. I'm just joking. No, I know. I'm I know. know. I've always been like, It just sounded so no, clear no, in my memory no. because I tried to block it out of my memory and I but forgot all those moments. But it's a beautiful. You it's brought it's them all back. It's a beautiful
0: thing though if you think about it. No, no, it's not. It's
1: nostalgia. No. made It's
0: something even better
1: no it made it stink <laughs> no. I, I fumbled that's <laughs> no, oh no I, I understand what you're saying the yeah, nostalgia, yeah. it sounds yeah. good but as a football player it stinks I because i, I fumble i was like i can't believe it so i'm always reminded that i fumbles like no oh, that moment ah if i could erase that moment i would love to and just we just win all right, just we just what okay. but but no you're right it it, it did when it, you it, the it movie bring right, the it's moment be incredible <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Absolutely. Got one. you're right you're right you're right <laughs> and so it's just one of those it's one of those moments where you're like oh you know obviously you 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 know you hate that moment because you fumble but you know Obviously, the play that ensued, Ben making a big tackle and all that happened. But, you know, in that moment, you know, I'm just thinking, hey, I'm going to get this touchdown. We're going to ice the game away. It's the end of it. And, you know, you get down there on the one-yard line and boop, you know, it pops up and then it's like so everything slow motion. Uh, ben, oh, yeah, he's always going to be on my Christmas <laughs> list. For that. So it's like, you know, a special, special um, bond because he was able to kind of just make it happen for me, which was really special.
2: What I was amazed by in, in doing the research on that one, that that's known as the heart attack fumble.
1: That, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. Super, super fan Terry sure O'Neill
2: sitting in the bar watching the game, and he was so shocked mm. that that happened. The poor man had a heart attack his sure and he survived it. Yeah, did you ever yeah.
1: meet Perry? I did, I okay. did. I, I, I did a TV show. He was doing well. I yeah. uh, got a chance to meet him. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. Right yeah, well, no, I mean, she, it was dangerous. Yeah. Right? Oh, I almost died. Right, yeah. right, that's exactly. It's be, like, right, but, that, but he was okay, and and hopefully that, you you know, you find find something that helps prevent something bigger from happening later. So hopefully that was the um, that was the blessing in disguise. Kind
2: of the football point of that is, in looking back, you know, early in your career, the first five seasons, twenty six fumbles were, were were credited to you, but then you seemed to fix it. Because the rest of your career only fifteen total fumbles. And and you know, guys get a reputation as a fumble or whatever. You're always a tough guy. You were certainly looking for mm-hmm. contact. I had to be part of it. The play was never really over. They were ripping it out. But how did you how did you go from being a guy who where that was a concern, maybe season to season, to where it was unthinkable to the point that a man had a heart attack when it happened?
1: You know what? That's a good question. I and, and I and nowhere in there did I ever, you know, uh, look at it from that perspective I don't know I mean it just was never I think the amount of carries um, that I was getting at that point I think it was one of those where you kind of look at it and you say okay well it's it's still the ratio wasn't bad so it was never brought up so it was never really a, a, a issue for me in terms of um, the percentage the, well, or the perception. The perception it was like, oh, this guy's a fumbler, and what that was never the perception. So there was never a thought that you know what I gotta, I gotta do a better job, or I gotta do this. So, so that's a good question. I mean, I, I mean, until you say it, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. I I never knew how many fumble I never knew how many fumbles I ever had. So that. You telling you're me that? For that. I you, know, you, right?
0: Yeah, he should. I know. On you. What I, kind of? No I said. I said. What, what said kind one of statistician
1: <laughs> do we have here? I, I said one little thing, and I got. It. Why are we we focusing on no, no, no. You, you know, brought it up though, so it's your fault. <laughs> You led him to that. Yes, it's did. your fault. I'm blaming you. Still blaming you. He's got, following your lead. It's BS. Got, I'm, I'm telling you. i got
2: make up for it here. I, I, I want to <laughs> wish you uh, the happy uh, anniversary of the uh, the trade. And it's amazing to me that uh, it happened on April 20th. 1996. Yeah. And April 20th. It's become like a national holiday. That's <laughs> right. That's right. And, uh, but on that day, you, you helped decide where you were. Helped broker uh-huh. the trade, uh-huh. you and your agent. But this doesn't seem like a fair return. Uh, they, the Steelers really held oh, up. Yeah. You, you get Jerome Bettis and a third-round pick, and all you got to give up is a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick, and that became Ernie Conwell and Jerome Daniels. So, uh, wow, what was your reaction when, when your value was reduced to something on paper, finally? Because I mean, you knew what your value was, but then that's the... I mean, yeah, like that don't yeah. Aren't
1: so, yeah, so at that point, you know, obviously having a down year, um, you understood the the dynamic at, at play. Um, the 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 thought out there was that okay, well, he was you know he had a he had a bright spot, and now that you know he is what he is is he's not any good anymore. But nobody understood the dynamic that was in place in terms of the team deciding just not to play me, right? The coach, um, we, you know, he had a. A thing about me and didn't want to play me and so at that point other teams probably looked at it and said okay well clearly it's a problem right you're not going to not play a, a really good talented football player but but that was a choice that that the coach made um and so the Steelers saw that potential and said oh we got we got an opportunity here uh, to right and and this it was a situation where. Everybody knew everybody knew that they had to get rid of me because everyone knew that this that the the Rams were drafting Lawrence Phillips. So right, so so they knew that they were drafting a running back much like the the situation right now with um a a quarterback in Cleveland I'll say. Um it's a similar situation where they know okay, you got to get rid of him and so The value wasn't as high as it probably you know could have been, but I don't think the value should have been. I think that was pretty fair for what had happened in my career. I went to two Pro Bowls, but the first year, big year, the second year tapered off a little bit, and then the third year uh, it fell apart. And so, and that was part of the equation.
2: The uh, the idea of Rich Brooks being such a a pivotal figure in Mm -hmm. your career, and then you spent all this time around the Notre Dame staff and, and looking through it. I thought so. Uh, Jared Parker, the tight end coach, was one of Rich Brooks' best players when he went back and coached at Kentucky. He oh, bit, wow. Jared Parker was the star receiver at Kentucky when Rich Brooks went back to the college level after all those years at Oregon. In fact, he's, he gave uh, Jared his first uh, job on a college staff. He was a GA in 2007.
1: Oh,
2: wow. Before you leave town and leave that building, you you might just talk it out there with Jared and maybe you know something Rich Brooks was a pivotal figure in his life in the, to the good, you know. Really,
1: but uh, so you know everybody's got to I, I think I might I might have an analytics poli- position for you. I mean you're pretty good. You can dig down in some data, I'm telling you. Wow. Wait, so you he, know, had, he can getting, connect some dots.
0: If he's getting a job, what, what, what job would I
1: get? Yeah, you get fired. (laughs) You get fired. You get fired. There's room for for everybody. Jerome, (laughs)
0: um, going. I mean, obviously, Thursday is a big deal. It's the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. There's so much. um, There's so much around it. So much. I mean, before it was just like a a whatever event. Now it's a whole. It's a whole thing. It's in Vegas. Uh, Kyle Hamilton um, is in this year's draft. Just you've. I know you've talked to him, and you've kind of. Have you? Have you kind of? Um, have you kind of talked to him through what this moment is going to be like and, and take us back? What, what, what is he going through right now? What is he thinking? What is, what is kind of going back from your memories? What do you think? This yeah, Now,
1: is like? now is the, is the excitement. It's like, okay, all the work is done. All the training is done now, you know, you know, where am I going to go? It could go anywhere. You know, he can go anywhere from, you know, who knows? I mean, first first four, five picks down to maybe fifteen, right? So he can go any of that range. And and when he looks at it, he's gonna he's looking at it saying, Hey, okay, well look at this city, this city, this city. So it's a fun time for him because he knows that he's gonna be drafted he's going to be playing on the next level and that's a dream for all of you know all of those players I mean that's the goal is to get to the NFL um and so he knows that it's it's close right it's 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 right there and got a chance to talk to him and and hopefully I was able to convince in, in him that the need to come back and finish and that's for me that's the important part because even even if he does have an uh, incredible career, right? Let's say he plays 12 years, has an amazing career. He's still only 33, 34 years old. Um, and so the degree from Notre Dame will mean something, right? And he'll be able to utilize that. So that's why, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, the, you know the things that I'm able to do now inspire uh, some of these guys to want to maybe come back. Uh, Kyron Williams, who's leaving as well as an underclassman, maybe he'll want to say, you know what, I, w- I want to come back and I want to do, I want to finish uh, because it's that important. So hopefully, Mark, I do.
0: Marcus said that when he heard that you were on campus, that he's like, hey, I need to get this guy over here and and give these guys a talk and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like you kind of taking a, a leadership role um with in a sense like helping Mm -hmm, out the team mm -hmm, talking mm -hmm. to the team and everything but just what one what does it mean to have the head coach wanting you in there and wanting you to help and two what what are some of the um what are the some of the uh the cool aspects it's been to to reunite with this team with this young team and and all these young players.
1: So for me, it's been great because obviously when, you know, when coach says, Hey, you know, I want you to come, 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 you know, be a part of the program. It's special because you get a chance to help influence these young men. Um, And, and to be able to, you know, have those conversations, you know, tell coach, Hey, what I remember, what I, what I did or, or what, what would help, um, you know, with the, with the guys, the former players, those kind of things. It's being, being an advocate in the room uh, that's the important part, being able to uh, give a different perspective right and so that's been that's been incredible uh, but also to be able to to touch talk to these young guys um, you know give them a, a, a perspective understanding a little bit of paying it forward you know some of the things that was taught to me by coach holtz in terms of how how your work ethic needs to be how do you go out and how do you approach things and then things that i've learned throughout my career now i can impart that information to these guys right explain explain to them how you know, one guy on a team can make a difference, right? Um, explaining that and being able to kind of uh, 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 help possibly motivate those guys to go on and do uh, special things, but also help build the, the, the um, camaraderie that you have to have uh, from a, a team basis and so help that environment grow, right? And, and that, that's important. 297 mm-hmm. former players
2: came back over the weekend, uh, and everyone was just amazed by the legacy weekend. Hunter Biven helped them put mm-hmm. that together. But I wonder in the conversations with all those guys in the golf and the dinners, mm-hmm. how many of them maybe saw that you were back here and you know, just thought, well, it looks like you know that's a pretty cool thing, and, and we want to get back, just kind of planted that seed. That um, Do you think that that got it rolling? And then why do you think it took so long for that kind of uh, – uh, influx of re- return to happen. So,
1: well, I, I think it's it's it starts with the leadership. I mean, you see Coach Freeman wanting to reconnect with the with the former players, understanding that it's important uh, to re- to kind of you know reactivate uh, those guys, right? Um, and, and so I, I I think it is it's an incredible thing. Uh, I think it will pay dividends down the road. Obviously, you look at uh, former players, and you got to ask yourself, well. Um, you know who has a high likelihood of of parenting uh, a great uh, player? Well, a former great player, right? Makes sense, right? Makes it, sense. it makes sense. Only makes sense, right? DNA. So if you if you now and in, in include uh, you know that former player and not uh, make him feel alienated. Then now, all of a sudden, then now my my child would maybe consider going to school here, right? And so I got a 15 year old, you know, a wide receiver, six, two and a half, and I mean, 14, 15 years old, right? So it's like, okay, now me coming back here, him seeing the university, because, you know, he's, we live in Atlanta, so he's Georgia and he's Alabama, he's watching all these schools, uh-huh. but I'm, you know, I'm saying, I'm bringing him back here, showing him university, and all of a sudden now he's looking at, Notre Dame saying oh man it was pretty cool well that doesn't happen if I'm not back here right not just me I'm just saying use me as an example if I wasn't going to school here and if there wasn't any interaction here then it's probably no reason for him to be looking at Notre Dame saying hey I like Notre Dame and I can't speak to it because I'm not a part of the program I'm not being invited back they're not doing anything in terms of just keeping me activated so why would I suggest him to come to my or alma mater who does not Reach out to me, right? Did not even acknowledge me. So I think that was a great thing that they did, uh, and it's going to pay dividends down the road. And, and it's going to keep um, that that Notre Dame tradition of of players, great players, and and throughout all these different decades, it brings them all together, and we're all family. Four for forty. Really yeah, takes on a it full does.
2: there. There's a another young man who's. Um, closer to his decision than your son is. And that's uh, from Detroit, Dante Moore, mm-hmm. who people talk about a lot yeah. quarterback. He was on campus with his dad recently while you were here. And I wondered if you had a chance to meet him. What did
1: I did. About? I was actually, I was, it's so crazy. I was, I was, um, in, in there and I was just, it's, it's crazy how things happen. So I come in there and I am, um, going into, because I've been working out over at the facility. So I come in, I'm in the, um, In the, um, uh, uh, nothing yet. I'm work. I'm still working on it. Mind and body, mind and body. (laughs) But, um, so I, so I'm in there, uh, about to work out and, um, I come out of the locker room and, and one of the coaches says, yeah, you're a guy from, you're a guy from Detroit is here something, something like, Oh, Oh. So then I, I walk in and I just got a chance to chat with him. I didn't didn't talk long, but just got a chance to say hello and and how you doing and 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 me and his dad really yeah. kind of hit it off because obviously closer to the same age and yeah. and 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 talking about Detroit back in the day, um, so that was that was good. But yeah, he is, uh, from what I understand, a special player and and could could really change the landscape um, yeah. if uh, if we can get him to uh, come Notre today.
2: And we're in the era of NIL and, and other guys out yeah. there. You know it. it well, first of all, when you think back, when when nil we talk about now, what what would have been the starting rate for some of you guys? <laughs> you guys had four guys in the top twenty picks in '93. You know, <laughs> you talk about Meyer and Smith and yourself. Um, my goodness, I mean, if nil, you just born ahead of your time, or what? It's okay. Are you troubled at all by
1: the nil? Not at all. Not at all. Understand what, what, it. Make us feel better about
2: where that's going. Well, from.
1: It's the it's the it's the the nature of the business now I mean it is a business right you only got to understand that and if it is a business then obviously there's going to be um, there's going to be business decisions that have to be made and there's going to be money that's that's made because of that business right we already know that it's a multi-billion dollar industry well the problem is the only person benefiting is the university and the coaches right so if they're if, if you're saying the numbers are in the billions, right? Who's getting the billions, right? So is there any tricky, tr- is it, is it, is it, it trickulating down to the players? No, hasn't been. Well, it needs to. Not, so, not, above right, the table. Not, right, not right, right. Exactly. Above the table, it needs to be um, that. Now, here's, here's the other thing it's not necessarily going to be about, uh, the, the the concern is okay. It's a pay to play scenario, and, and it's 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 not necessarily a pay to play scenario because if you don't play, you're not going to get any, any any money, right? They're not going to give you money just to be there. So this is a situation where you're gonna you're gonna get paid for because of your value and what your contributions are, and yeah. So always like in any business. That the the initial investment is always more than than what you get because you you're you're projecting what somebody's going to do right and somebody get a, get a new job they get a signing bonus right to go from this to go to this firm right so. But that firm doesn't know that 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 person could be washout, Right. You don't know that person couldn't be the next president. You don't know. So you're paying on expectation. Right. So so you give them a sign of bonus. It's the same thing as a as a freshman coming in. They're going to get this out of us. But guess what? If in year two, if they don't produce, guess what? They're not getting that 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 same number. So it's not it's not people see, oh, this guy's going to get eight million dollars. No. The first year that that deal is going to be the what what we're projecting that next year is going to be what you do.
2: Better not go spend it all. Away. That's right,
1: the and it's what you yeah. do because you understand, and that that can go away. And, and people don't people see the numbers; they don't understand the fine print. They don't understand the, the contract itself. Right? It's not a one hundred percent guarantee. If just if I'm here, this is what I get. That's not the case. You saw the one kid left Ohio State, went to Texas. He had a million dollar NIL deal in Ohio State. That didn't follow him. He didn't get that money because he didn't play. So so it's it's. It's, it's not what people think it is. You hear the big numbers and you say, wow, this is – but it, it's, it's like anything else. It's, it's performance-based.
2: And Notre Dame's aspect of this, doing it in a responsible way they would like and you would like to think, with Mendoza piece and you being embedded in the Mendoza realm now and all the, and all the conversations that may have mm-hmm. gone mm-hmm. just in the months that you've been here, mm-hmm. how confident are you as we approach the first anniversary of NIL – that Notre Dame will lead the way
1: do it of competitively but responsibly. I don't know if they're going to lead the way uh because I think yeah, I think how yeah be, right 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 how it should be mission. done. Right. They'll yeah, They're not going to lead the w- way raw numbers. No, right. They won't lead the way raw numbers, but I think there will be you'll be a concentrated uh effort to to really do the right thing in terms of what's fair uh and and not exploit uh, any any party in the process, and I think that's that's an important part of it. Uh, so the university is very conscious uh, about it. They're there. I don't believe the university is going to be hands on at all. They're not going to be involved in any of that. But they do want to monitor and pay attention and make sure that everything is done, like you said, the right, the correct way. So I one hundred percent believe that the university is going to find the right way to to do this in, in a manner in such that is respectful of the player, respectful of the university, uh, and respectful of the game itself.
0: So in a couple of weeks, you're going to walk across the stage and turn and, and show that you graduated. What kind of an intro do you want them to give you? I mean, do you want like what I just did for you or – it's like Super Bowl champion, this that, or just normal Jerome Bettis. That's it. What kind of intro do you want? The just, 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 just student.
1: Yeah, just normal. That's all. Sure. I'm just, a, I'm a student. I'm getting my degree, <laughs> and that's all I want. And I want to, you know, I, I just want to enjoy that moment, just like everybody, every other graduate, right? Just have you have it in hand, cap and gown, boom. That's all. That's all. I don't want any <laughs> any more accolade because I did. No more, no less than any other yeah. uh, graduate there. So I, I don't want this to be a moment, a, a career moment or anything. No this is about an, an accomplishment that was that was completed. Uh, just like everybody else uh, completed it and that that's all I'm asking for.
0: What's next for the bus? I mean, I've seen you in the office, yeah. in the neighborhood, I've seen you act. Is there something you want to do after that? Is, do you want to continue acting or what's next for you act after graduation?
1: You know what? I, I'm, that That's a great question. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at the process. I'm looking at, you know, possibly uh, some uh, opportunity in, in, in an investment world and, and really, you know, maybe starting a small company and looking into uh, doing some, uh, some small investing in that way and seeing where that goes. Uh, I'm, I'm, Uh, You know, I'm open to the possibilities now where if you would have talked to me uh, a year ago, probably not. Uh, But now I see some opportunities from not only what I've learned, uh, but um, some some opportunities that's been presented to me that uh, I think I want to look at and uh, take advantage of.
0: Well, Jerome, we don't want to abuse your time. Thank you from the Stock Room East and South Bend. Thank you so <laughs> much for joining us. Thank you so much for joining Pot and Gold. And, and hopefully this isn't the only time we have you on. Hopefully right, this right. Season, you can jump on it and, and give us your take on, on how the team's doing and, and how everything's going.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, was was a great time, so I appreciate you.